Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tonic Life Mates podcast. My name is Melissa. And I'm Whitney. And this is another episode. I don't know. I forgot mid-sentence what I was going to say. That's totally fine. Doesn't matter. But this week, we are having our February Book Club episode, and we read... Uh, American Spies by Lauren Wilkinson. So we're going to talk about that this this week, and I'm excited for it. At least I hope I am. I don't know what Mel- we haven't talked about it at all, so we're coming into this completely fresh. So this will be interesting. Um, I don't know what Melissa thought about it. She could hate it and tell me how much she hated it here in a minute. So ooh, anticipation. I'm going to make you wait. I know, that's what I'm saying. So, I have I no idea. Say, so I'll I'll parlay a little bit into it. So I have some opinions, right? Nothing super negative or anything like that. But every time I had like a negative thought, I was like, well, I don't know if I should have this negative thought because Whitney's just going to think I'm attacking her book because she attacked my book. That is not my genuine opinion. I mean, <laughs> I got a little worried. <laughs> but just no. know I was you stressing every time I had a negative thought. That's fine. You're allowed to have negative thoughts. I'll just judge Dude, I have partially. negative thoughts all day, every day, but these ones were the negative thoughts, I mean, pertaining to this book. Fair. Fair. <laughs> so and I want to go... start... <laughs> no, 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 no. I want to do yeah. check-in first. That way you don't bitch. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. I was okay. going to ask you. So... I, um... I've had uh, an, a roommate for two weeks. Her name is Linda. She was my former neighbor, and they sold their house. But her and her dog have lived with me for two weeks. Um, it's been fun, but she closed on her house and she moved out today. Like last night was her last night oh, with me. Wow. So it's How interesting. How far did they move? Um, like 15 minutes, not that far. Okay. But it's different than the four second walk it used to be. Yeah. No, it's a little different. So it was nice, uh, like having a roommate for, for two weeks. I don't think I could ever like actually have a roommate. Uh, Linda's fine. She's, it's, she's great, but it's just like, I feel like, um, like oh i can't like leave a dirty dish in the sink like i have felt like i was on my best behavior in my own house like do you are you on your best behavior for linda and compared to when i'm there oh no not anymore what like is it different when i'm there well you're there shorter spurts and Linda was here more and like Linda like would do her like she would work you know she went her she works part time so it wasn't like we were like staring at each other all the time like if I had to stare at you in my house for two weeks it would be different than Linda living with me for two weeks so you didn't answer my question uh the same behavior I didn't go like above and beyond okay I was just curious you know if you behaved better for Linda than you do for me no probably not I'm still just an asshole okay um but it was nice uh she stayed in your bedroom and chelios hung out too chelios liked to hang out with me on the couch he's a big dog so he was very warm when it was cold it was kind of nice but we uh we binge watched on netflix uh we watched a couple episodes every night of sex education Mm -hmm. yeah it was hilarious so awkward because i don't do really well with awkward humor and so sometimes i'm like like putting my shirt up over my face and like screaming la 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 because I couldn't stand like the dialogue that was happening if it got too awkward and Linda was just laughing at me and the dogs would bark but um it was still really funny big picture but I, there were some awkward scenes that I just they make me cringe too hard and I, I don't like a I don't like to cringe cringe is bad 
Um, but it was good. Her ho- her new house is great. Has a backyard. It looks fun. It looks fun. It looks fun. You can do cartwheels and somersaults. Oh, you can do all kinds of stuff because there wasn't any furniture in there until today. So you could just do whatever you wanted. You could make <gasps> roller skating party. Carpet angels in the middle of the living room if you wanted to. That sounds good. She has a lot of, they have a lot of basement storage and I'm a little jealous of that because that is what I'm lacking is storage. Yeah. Um, outside of that, I feel like, uh, I feel like I say this every week. Uh, about like feeling like depressed and slump and I would say like at this point I'm like in a month and a half into like what I feel like is a long depression slump but I actually really do I've been thinking about this I really feel like um I'm like starting to see the light at it like I'm feeling a little more, more motivated about things um I had a, a not an epiphany but just started thinking about things I feel like I for a while I've been like focused on like the symptoms of depression or like my sadness or whatever that is instead of like really trying to maybe focus on like the trauma and like overcoming that as opposed to the symptoms of it so I don't know it makes me feel good to kind of think of it in a different light or different perspective so we'll see how that goes um oh I also I also have a beef of the week all right Mm -hmm. lay it on me Uh, I wanted you to see my sing the theme song Oh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to think of how it went because it's been a couple of weeks. Mm. I, think it something I don't like... know. Beef, 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 beef for the weeks. Not sponsored by Arby's. Yes. <laughs> um. No, and I just, 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 it's just the, it's just the world we live in, especially maybe being in Ohio. But uh, all the like false political memes that people put up. I'm not even like a Bernie Sanders. What is it? A Bernie bro or whatever. Um, I don't have a strong opinion on Bernie Sanders either way, but um, there's just people like pulling apart one of his points about raising the minimum wage. And they broke it down in taxes and how like uh, his raise the minimum wage and increase in taxes would actually uh, make people uh, down to like less than minimum wages now. And it was just, it's just, these memes were floating around today and I just had enough. It was just stupid. And I get so mad because people are posting this as facts when it's a simple Google search to check your facts, but no one does that. They just, they just like and share instead of checking something. And I just, I don't, I can't wrap my brain around sharing something like that and not checking it. Well, right. Because lots of people make more than minimum wage. The minimum wage in a lot of places is actually more mm-hmm. than what uh, I have a student worker who came from New York and the minimum wage there is 13 something an hour. Mm-hmm. I forget what it, what it is. Um, and somehow it works in New York mm-hmm. at 13.50 an hour or whatever, 13.75 an hour. Um, well, the, the thing was, it was like, it was the raising the... Raising the minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour, like a person still makes, would make like twenty nine thousand, and they mis like misquoted like what he said about raising taxes, and it basically said, well, with his with his uh, idea of raising taxes, that person who makes fifteen dollars an hour with the raise in taxes, they would actually only be making seven something an hour, so it's less than minimum wage, but it's not true. Yeah, <laughs> it's not how taxes work, that's and that's not even how work. he said it. Like. You're not taxing someone 50% who makes $29,000 a year. No. That's not the point. No. And it was just, it was just shared so much. Like I just saw one idiot sharing it, whatever. But it was just like, I was scrolling Facebook and um, 
Instagram. And it was just over and over and over like people I know. And I'm just like, you're smarter than this, please. Like no matter what your political views are, I don't give a fuck. Check your facts. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not a, I'm not a, like a big, like, oh my God, I love Bernie Sanders person either, but still check your facts. So that's my beat of the week. You better buckle yourself in girl. It's only February. I know. It's just going to get so bad. I know. But so that's just my, that's just, just check it. Like the, every party and every per for every candidate has, you know, a lacking part of their plan. If they even really share their plan and that's fine. Share that, share those facts, you know, break it down, but don't share false information. Cause that's just, it's just sad. It makes, it makes us like as a country look bad and stupid in my opinion. Mm, sad. I'm sad. Sad. Melissa was real sad about it. I don't know. Oh, it's just going to get so much worse. And I will continue to share uh, snoops. When people make, when people post false stuff, I don't like engage with them and argue with them. I just post the snoops link that shows what they posted was wrong. Yeah, no, that is, you're just like, "Mm, this is. This is incorrect. Because there's not nothing's gained by arguing with anyone. I don't have no, the I don't have don't. the bandwidth to argue with someone. But it's going to be you're like just saying this isn't correct. Like they're not right. going to believe you either because you're just nudge them. And plus, if yeah. I provide the link, maybe they'll read and maybe they'll at least yeah. be like, "Oh, okay." But I guess also, so what bothered me is I wasn't the only one. Like some people were like, "This is false," and here's why. And I saw a handful of people who would then comment it again, like on their own post was like, yeah, that's false, but I still don't like this. And you're just like, would that, oh my God, no, that, but okay. So don't like it, but don't, (laughs) you can say you don't like it, but don't post this bullshit about it. Just, and that was, I feel like they didn't know it was false, (laughs) but they're just trying to play into like, well, yeah, I'm smart. I know it's not true. But it's just, it's food for thought. People need to realize that socialism yeah. isn't going to work. We already have a lot of socialism <laughs> in this country. That's what I also love. When people are like, oh, I don't like socialism. You're an idiot. Look what's going on in Venezuela. Do we want to be like Venezuela? And you're like, that's not. It's not okay. how this works. It's not how any of this works. <sighs> We already have a fuck ton of socialism in this country. People in Canada die waiting for surgeries to save their life. No, they don't. I know. I'm just quoting. I'm not. I know. Okay. I know. That was the voice. I hope you knew I'm from the voice. Telling those, I'm telling that voice. I'm that telling was my, Brad. That was my troll Brad. Voice. No, we don't, Brad. Also, plenty of people in this country fucking wait for health care. I'm, I'm waiting three months to see a fucking doctor. Right? I still have yeah. one more month. It's already been two. We have to uh, wait to see specialists. Have, and you know I what? I have health insurance. I have, exactly. you know, what would be considered a, a pretty good plan through mm-hmm. my employer. And I'm waiting three months to see somebody. So. Yeah. What? Like, <laughs> that's the whole thing. I People, when they're like, this Medicare for all, blah, blah, blah. You'd have there are like you guys do there are pieces you don't understand do you like do you not understand if we had some and i'm not saying medicare for all is the the end all be all all, but if we had something like that right 
there would be no in network out of a network no everyone's the fucking network so there'd be no well i took an ambulance and that wound up costing me a surprise bill i went an extra 40 miles to a, a hospital that was in my network but then the doctor that performed my surgery wound up still not being in my network. So I got charged an extra $20,000. I know. Even though I did my research. But it just so happened the doctor on shift that day for my emergency cert. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And that has happened to multiple people I know. I know. So it's just like, you guys, this is not great. It's what you know and it's what you're comfortable with. But it is not a plan. People are like, you're going to take away the plan people love. No, you're not. People don't love their insurance. No, I don't love my insurance. I pay over 500 uh, something a month for my, I don't even have vision coverage. I just have dental yeah, and health coverage. Like It's like $567 are... a month. Yeah, And I know people... that's a privilege to be able to pay for that. I understand that. You know, but. Oh, there's plenty of people, like. We don't love our. We're no. on a high deductible plan. Yeah, and I, that's and I, like. Yeah. You know, we don't. The plan. When I was at my job before this, we played a fuck ton more for even worse coverage. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like, no people don't love their stuff. They have. They, they love have their doctors, know. and you yeah. can still go to your doctor. And exactly like because every one would be the fucking network like what about the don't you understand i I know i know it's different and it's new and we have to figure stuff out so it wouldn't be like a all right as of uh december 31st this is a new plan guys no no no. well it would have to be in phases we'd have to figure this out but there is a better way because this what we're doing now it gets higher and higher every year coverage gets lower and lower no and when people are deciding between feeding their kids and buying their insulin and we're and we consider ourselves the most civilized country in the world that's a problem yeah it's sad i i started a new migraine medication on i'm on the lower dose of it and it's eight hundred dollars a month Mm -hmm. that's insane that's with insurance that's and that's not okay and luckily, and luckily, I had enough wherewithal to be like. Do you have samples? <laughs> Did you ask? Well, me? there's no generic. Yeah, and, and I had that one. Time. My doctor was like, "I have a coupon, come get it." But I got on the website and did research and was like, "Oh, there's a plan I can enroll in." Oh, with the through company? the company, and so we were able to get it like for like almost no money and then i'm like well then why does it even cost this much mm-hmm. if i can enroll with you guys and wind up getting it for almost nothing oh because people don't think to go on your website and do mm-hmm. this so then you can fucking charge people this much money and that was what when uh pharmaceutical companies appeared before congress they said well we have these programs in place that da, da, da. and they're like what percentage of your users you know use these programs how do they know about them they're like you can sign up a computer and they're like what about people who don't I have just, a computer? Or even think about it. Right. I just, I literally, the night before we went to go pick it up, I just randomly was like, I'm getting it on the website. And because I, it was, it's an injection. And I was like, I've never done this before. I'm mm-hmm. going to, and then I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to go snooping around too and, and look because I, I, we can't afford this. So I'm, I'm going to not do it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, and, and then I found it. Not everyone has the wherewithal to go look. And was it a really like, was it a complicated form? No, I okay. mean, it wasn't complicated, but 
if not everyone has internet access. I had right. To, you know, not every, luckily my doctor was also like, oh, I happen to have this, but I had to go, like, I, she prescribed this for me without seeing me because we'd been working on this so long. So Joey went to go get it. You know what I mean? I was like, well, I already did this over the internet, but that was like another, okay, Step. we'd have to go get it. Okay, fine. It's not easy. You have to have access to the internet you have to think about it your doctor has to think about it and know or have access to this free it's not just why are you making me do this when you're when you could just do this yeah well and it's just kind of going back to like well how are we going to pay for it it's in, like for you know, universal health care or medicare medicaid for all medicare for all uh i remember reading a statistic that like military budget has went up uh, over a hundred million dollars since uh president donald trump took office and no one's been like well where's that money coming from there's so much waste there's so much administrative waste and so mm -hmm. much bullshit in the healthcare sector that so much there were, is a lot of money that would be saved as well and it it's lobbying from pharmaceutical companies and hospitals and shit because these is medications don't cost not... this much in canada no, it's the same medications you... If I can buy this for $5, but you were charging me 800 there's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, people get upset about people who, uh, you know, use, like, social services, who are, you know, are on Medicaid, who have, like, cash assistance and SNAPs and food stamps and stuff like that. And people get so enraged by these. And they, they, those are the people who want socialism because they don't want to work. Like, why are we so mad? The majority of those poor people, people do. Why, I just get so, like, why are we so mad at poor people? Like, they're, I'm sorry, poor people are not the problem. No. Like, but we, we're so mad at these people using services, but well, we don't bat an eye at, like, Amazon and Walmart not paying for taxes. For not paying any taxes. And if that would be look, a huge difference. That's how we pay for Medicaid. You know exactly. what I mean? If you look at the statistics, too, the majority of people who are on these programs who are able to work, who don't who don't have like a permanent disability that prevents them from working. So they do work. They yeah. only spend a temporary amount of time on these services. Oh, I know. The, you the, know so the percentage of yeah. abuse is like less than two percent. Yeah, it's very small. And my mom was a social worker uh, when she was alive. And like even people uh, in a different county than I live in now, but even people at that time who like really were unable to work, like they still had like tasks to do at home, even if it was like writing a paper on something like you weren't allowed to just not work and collect benefits. Like there was still tasks you could do even if you were unable to work yeah and uh, i think that's people don't understand like yeah like, and that's it the ghost goes back to spreading false information and else and it's more than just yeah people were misquoting bernie sanders and sharing a, a, a an inaccurate political meme like it's like yes that was the core of my frustration but it was because it goes so much deeper than people believing things that are just completely untrue that was one sample of just untruths being shared as facts and it's so frustrating how it compounds into this like just bullshit just bullshit yeah. bullshit bullshit yeah it's just like a giant rubber ball of bullshit <laughs> it's just so, all these little bands that just so, wrap up into one giant ball on the flip side i guess now we can call ourselves a political podcast oh, we today we hats. are yeah so, Whitney, how was your week? <laughs> um, let's see. Work-wise, it's starting to slow down a little, so that was good. Awesome. Yeah. We're like six weeks in. It's finally slowing down a little. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah. Like, I had other other shit to do, but student-wise, it was slowing down. 
Um, no, so will yeah. it be this crazy in the fall again? Fall's fucking nuts. Fall, oh, yeah. Spring is like the slower semester. Summer and fall are okay. Well, then in like late so. July, early August, I'm just gonna get oh, you like a wine crate shipped to your house. That would be very appreciated <laughs> just... because starting in June, May is slow ish oh you don't really drink wine anymore though it gives you a headache i can't drink wine i get a headache okay. i, will, I do we, liquor is there a bourbon crate uh, <laughs> bourbon is great um there's alcohol through the mail in, i don't know if you can't yeah you have, well, you have, they have the wine of the month clubs you do yeah but you have to sign like someone has to be to over 21 to sign for it i think joey's home enough. okay perfect yeah there's like two weeks in may when like the semester ends and then we have like two weeks where we're like cool and then it just fucking starts and it just goes, goes, goes. So, um, yeah. So it's finally slowing down a little. So that's good. Um, and then Wednesday and Thursday, I had like no motivation to actually work. I was like, I'm kind of over this week. I had, I had been like screamed at a lot Monday and Tuesday. And I was like, cool. People can suck a bag of dicks. Um, <laughs> so I just had like, I was really low on the motivations train. And then Friday, I got a lot of shit done. So that was all right. Um, But this week, I... What did I do? I have been watching an HBO documentary about the McDonald's Monopoly game that I'm sure everybody's watching. So it's not like uh, anything new. But it's about how it was rigged from like... The 90s to the early 2000s, there were almost no legitimate winners of, like, those big prizes, those big cash prizes. Um, and it's been really interesting. Um, I know people like, like, true crime about murders, but this is the kind of stuff I like. I like the, like, um, Ponzi schemes and the scams and the stuff like that. So there's three episodes that are out of it, and it's been fascinating to watch. I haven't heard of it. Uh, it's so interesting. Um, there's a podcast out about it too, that, and I haven't listened to that yet because I just haven't had time. But I'm I plan on listening to it. But it's called McMillions. I like that. And um, yeah, it's really good. It's like got people from the mob in it, and st- I mean, like you're like, what was going on with this goddamn McDonald's Monopoly game? What? Um, you know what? After reading this book that we're going to touch on a little bit too, like the nineties are not how I remember them. I know. Right. I'm like, then I just remember like clueless and stuff. What? TGIF and boy, yes. And, and Urkel, but no, butterfly hair, butterfly hair clips and like your bib overhauls with only one side clasp. Like that's the nineties. I remember and scrunchies, but no shit was weird, Mm -hmm. but it was, it's been really good. So there's, I'm enjoying that a lot. So I've watched that. I binged that a little bit. And then I also have binged trash, my trash show of like, okay, that was interesting and I learned things. Now I'm going to go watch people behaving badly. And that has been Summer House on Bravo. So I know there's a couple seasons. It's been out for a couple years, but I started at the beginning because I feel like you really need to follow people on their journey. Um, So I started the first season. I'm in like I've only in a couple episodes, but Summer House is truly trash-tastic. And I think I like it because it's men and women. Because, mm-hmm. like, the real housewives, it's just women. And after a while, I'm like, stop behaving Stupid. like cliched 
rich bitches. And this is men and women, and they're in their like early mid thirties. Yeah. And uh and aren't they like they're New Yorkers who like they're New Yorkers on they the go Montag for summer house. Yeah. They all rent it. They've been renting a summer house together for years and years. And it's just like, oh, they're like 30s with no children or responsibilities. Oh, that's nice. Good for them. Um, yeah. So it's just trash and it's just a complete like mind melt of crap. And, and that's good sometimes. Oh, I love it. It's just such a dump of shit. <laughs> and that's that's what I've been doing. A dump. Of, that's not a dump of shit. That sounds redundant. Oh, Whitney, I'm sorry. Well, okay. Yeah, it is. And it's then, like probably what I'll do when we're done with this. I'm going to watch a couple more episodes while I fall asleep in bed. It'll be I'll, I'll probably watch Magicians on Netflix. I've been watching that by myself outside of when, when Linda and I's uh, binge watching of Sex Education. So. Sounds good. They're magical people. Um, oh, and I and took Lorelai to see Swan Lake and she really liked it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Every four seconds she would tap me on the arm and lean in and go, Mommy, what's happening? So I would be like, okay, well, you know, and I would tell her, and she's like, okay. So I didn't know if she was liking it or not. Right. And and it's like four acts, so the curtain would come down. She's like, is it done? Like, she'd be like, no, that can't be the end. I'm like, no, no, no. And so I'd tell her what's going to happen next, and then, of course, she'd forget. Uh, And then she'd just be like, when's the black swan coming? I'm like, at the end, honey, at the very end. (laughs) She's like, but it's called the... (laughs) like she just knew the black swan so finally came here and she was like "Ooh, she was so excited and so it was all over and like i said i've been watching her the whole time and she kept asking me she asked me like if she asked me once she asked me 30 times what's happening so at the end you know it's over and you clap and and the lights come back up and we're walking up the stairs and she goes that was the best movie ever (laughs) so she liked it it was very cute and then she's been listening to Swan Lake and dancing all week. So. Oh, bless her heart. I love it. Yeah, it's very cute. Sounds like my week. And then real quick before we move on to the next stuff, I just wanted to touch on the fact of we did record an episode last week, but it just, it fell apart. The audio was crapped out. Yeah, I have my audio, but I don't have the other audio. So it would be a really weird episode. And it was very interesting. Uh, I think we definitely will re-record that in the next coming week. Yeah, we'll um, redo it. We had another guest on, and uh, it was a different, another like topic that we don't typically talk about. So brought in a, I guess, a amateur subject matter, matter expert to talk about it. Yeah, we'll do it again in a couple weeks. Absolutely. So. Um, and so before we talk about American spot, I almost said American true crime. I don't know. I'm making up shit now. Uh, before we talk about American Spy, don't forget to drop us a review, um, give us a, a rating, and take a little screenshot if you're listening and put it on Instagram or Facebook and share it because that is really kind of the only way people hear about podcasts, right? If like a, someone's listening to it and you're like, hey, this is kind of a weird podcast, you might like it, um, or like I listen to this, put it up there. Tag us in it because we'd love to see it and and share it. And, um, it'll make our day. But that feel way we free can to we can share it. We can spread like the best kind of herpes you've ever had. Well, sure. <laughs> if that's what you wanna compare, compare us, us to. to. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. 
we keep on giving and giving and giving. You think we're gone and then we're back. And Whitney makes you itch a little bit. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Thank you for taking that one. Good job. Yeah. I'm a little itchy sometimes. I make you burn. Whitney makes you itch. Together, we're the perfect duo. So yeah, take a little screenshot, put it on your stories or your Facebook or whatever, and let people see it. If you're kind of like, this is a weird episode, other people might like to listen to it and help us help spread the word and help people discover the weirdness that is this verbal herpes. There you go. All right. Let's get in this book so we can end 20 20 plus years of friendship getting ready to go down the drain. Yeah, pretty much. Let's do it. All right. Um, Okay, so I'm going to give you a quick plot summary of this book for everyone who hasn't read it, which is, I'm sure, everybody. But I recommend you read it because I think it was a good one. We'll see what Melissa says. Okay, so American Spy. So the book opens with Marie, who's our main character, being awoken in the middle of the night in her home. and She's being attacked by a man we quickly come to realize that this is not a random attack but someone has been sent to kill marie the next morning marie takes her twin sons who are five and travels to excuse me martinique to stay with her mother so once marie arrives at her mother's house she begins to write a journal to her sons and in the book uh, we follow two timelines via the journal she's writing. So we have the present day, which is the early 90s. And then we have the past, which is uh, when Marie was an FBI agent in the mid 80s. And then we also get a little sneak peek through the journal of when Marie was growing up in the 70s. So a little background information for you. Marie is an African-American woman. She lives in New York. She works for the FBI in the mid-80s, as I said, during the Cold War. So when spies were very in. Um, Her mother left when she was very young, around seven or eight. And she lived with her father and her sister. Uh, Her father was a beat cop in the 70s and worked quite a lot. And her sister and her were very close. And her sister had a lot to do with raising her because her father worked so much. Um, So they were very close. um, And they both both had a great fascination with spies and wanting to become spies when they were older. While Marie was away in college, Helene joined the army to pursue an intelligence officer career. But after returning home from serving in Vietnam, she was killed suddenly in a car accident. After this, Marie graduates from Quantico and joins the FBI in the middle of the Cold War. But despite being top of her class, she's passed up for top assignments and promotions, due to her gender and her race. She is essentially relegated to grunt work and no, that no one else wants to do and cultivating snitches. Um, and that's pretty much it. So she is at a dead end in her career. A CIA operative named Ross comes to discuss an African rights organization that she's been keeping tabs on through a snitch that she's cultivated. And specifically, he's interested in um, a gentleman named Thomas Sankara. He's a new leader of Burkina Faso, and he gained his power in 
1983, through a military coup. So Ross wants Marie to pose as a UN employee when Thomas comes to speak at the UN. And he wants her to find out specifically what Thomas knows um, about the U.S.'s involvement with an opposition organization in his country and specifically also in his own party. So the U.S. is involved with an opposition party and they're trying to get a new leader established within his government. Um, Marie is really hesitant and initially declines this job because she basically puts together that they want her to sleep with this man to get intelligence. And she's like, I am not a prostitute. Thank you, no. But she discovers that the person who suggested her for the job, his name is Daniel Stringer, was um, her sister's long-term boyfriend. So she makes a deal. I will do this mission. I will get this information for you. But I want to meet with Daniel Stringer. I want to talk to him. So they agree on those terms. And Marie meets with the president, Thomas Sankara, and, so, and uh, poses as a UN embassy worker. She gives uh, him a tour of Harlem. They meet. And while nothing nefarious or naughty happens, they don't have any sexy times or anything, she is really surprised that she's kind of taken with him. He's a very charismatic man, and she does have some, like, sparks and chemistry with him. So after he leaves and goes back to his country, Marie is not given the opportunity to meet with Daniel Stringer, her sister's ex-boyfriend, like she was promised. But she is sent to Thomas Sakar's country for a second mission and told that Daniel Stringer actually works there and runs operations out of there. So she'll be able to meet with him there. So the mission that she's given is that she has to get pictures with President Sankara in a compromising position so that they can undermine his campaign. Um... And so she agrees. So while Marie is there, she learns that she actually is not working for the CIA like she thought, but a private firm run by Daniel Stringer, her sister's long-term boyfriend. And her assignment is actually not to compromise, to get compromising photos of Thomas Sakara at all, but it's to assassinate him altogether. By the time Marie has learned this information, her and Thomas have fallen in love. And she goes to warn him he already knows, and he doesn't plan on doing anything to stop the assassination attempt. He explains to her that the path he has chosen to be a revolutionary figure and the president of this country comes with this type of fate, and he knows this. So in an attempt to save his life, Marie goes to Daniel's house and kills him. While she's fleeing the country, she learns that Thomas was killed in a coup by the military and the opponent that the U.S. Uh, was backing. So when she gets out of the country, she's too scared to go back to New York City because the CIA operative who also knew Daniel Stringer and who recruited her may be there, be mad, and want to hurt her. So she bounces around Europe for a little bit. She becomes ill, and then she realizes she's pregnant. 
and it's President Sankara's babies. So she goes to her mother in Martinique to stay with her, who she has not seen since her sister's funeral in 10 years. A little awkward. Um, and then she soon realizes she's actually pregnant with twins, who she has, and she's writing this journal to. So we flash forward to the present day. She finishes this journal, and we leave it to where she is getting ready to hunt down Ross, the agent who recruited her into all of this, and who she thinks is responsible for sending the man to her house to kill her at the beginning of the novel. And she's ready to leave her sons with her mother so that she can end all of this so that her kids can be safe. End of book. Cliffhanger. I know, right? You're just like, oh my God. Does she, what happens? Does she kill Ross? Does he kill her? Does she get back to her boys? What happens? I bet there'll be a second book. Maybe. I don't know. I actually heard an interview with the author, and she wasn't sure if she would write a well, sequel to this. And I didn't know this until after I finished the book that um, this was this author's like debut novel. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting if there is a second one, or if it's just kind of left to like, well, you get to decide. As the reader, you get to decide what happens. Yeah. Okay, so what did you think? So my, I liked the book. Oh, um, okay. That's not correct. <laughs> that sounds bad. I really okay. liked the plot. I liked, um, initially I liked how the story was being told from a different perspective. Like the narrator is writing a journal to her sons. Um, so they know what happened. Um, but for me, uh, like the beginning of the book was real exciting action things were happening and then it was a really slow burn like I lost a lot of interest in the middle of the book like there were spurts of action and spurts of momentum and suspense but they fizzled out real quick so for like me it was like this slow back and forth um, there were parts uh, that I found confusing when she was yeah. Uh, uh going back and forth like she'd be having there'd be dialogue and so like the narrator would be like talking to somebody but then she would also refer back to you like talking to her sons and like that would happen in the middle of dialogue so i just kind of found that confusing um but i liked the plot and the idea of the story i think the author had like a fresh idea and something completely different i don't know i can't think of a book i'm not i don't read a lot of spine i don't think i read a spy novel i've seen like born identity type of stuff but i don't really get into spy type of things but i think this is a really unique perspective i just didn't like how slow it got it got really slow for me it got slow in the middle especially when i think she went over to africa mm-hmm. i think the pace got really slow i mean even in like her adolescence like her relationship with her sister and like the back and forth with her sister and her dad and her ex-boyfriend and just like even that part was really slow for me yeah and i i also feel like so she talks about an ex-boyfriend and he actually comes over to help her um go find this man and um his name is bobby or robbie (laughs) i can't remember um and i literally don't i'm like why is he in this book like, he was a character that could be compl- – all the pots could be completely gone. So when she, like, takes her boys to Martinique and is like, okay, I'm going to go 
I'm going to leave the boys with you, mom, and I'm going to go find this guy and take care of him and hopefully come back and hopefully I won't be killed. Um, she calls this ex-boyfriend who she knew and dated when she was in high school and um, he's like done some jail time for some stuff and she calls him and he like comes to help her. But he, like there, he didn't provide much as like a character development for her and didn't offer much and he, like, like, even when she was, he was a boyfriend, he wasn't like, like super supportive. Like he has like unrequented love. So of course he's going to come help her, help her. Yeah. Like and that. like, that's, I just, there was, I'm like, he, this character could not be here. And, cause It'd be fine. Not, he's not giving anything to like her at all. He's just like, yeah. I was like, why is he here? What's going to happen with it? And like, nothing happens with this. Like, I'm not getting anything from this at all. Yeah, a large but I also I like mean parts I did like I like that a large part of the story like took place in uh, Burkina Faso and Martinique's and that's um, obviously I don't think I've read any books like that and so that was a it's something different again like I think the author has like really good idea I just the just the I don't know the slow parts I just they were tough but I mean I liked the book for the most part um I feel like I'm hitting all negative things. I apologize. I'm really not trying to. Uh, one thing I did find weird was that, so the the narrator, uh, Marie, she's, you know, she skipped grades. She's supposed to be really, really smart. Like she's a very intelligent, I would even say maybe like a brilliant person. Um, but there was a lot of like foreshadowing things that like she completely missed. Like I knew it was coming and she didn't. Like, I feel like there was things that she should have known. Like this is what's going to happen. Like what? Oh, any of the any of the like the suspenseful things really that happened throughout the book. I would say like you kind of knew they were coming, but that she was caught off surprise. Like what? I didn't write down any examples. I apologize. Well, back it up, bitch. Sorry, I was just writing thoughts. Just writing thoughts. Okay. What did you think? I like the book. Um, yeah. I like the writing style. I like, it took me a little bit to get used to because I, mm-hmm. when I first read it, because um, I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be written. She's writing to her son. So like you said, when she was like, you, blah, blah, I was like, wait, who is she talking to mm-hmm. initially? And then I you caught like, on to she's it right. Yeah. You, you catch on to it pretty quick and you're like, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like that she's writing, she's writing her basically her life to her sons of like this i want you to know and i'm not telling you like that i was right or wrong I'm yeah i like telling I, you this is what happened i really like that like um like she really like the author and the character really like really explores those like knife edges of right and wrong and that gray area in between and like what's right for one person isn't right for another person and like who says what's right and what's wrong like it's like it's a really good like exploring that gray area of things yeah um you know like when she wasn't advancing in her career her father's friend i forget his name was like giving her advice on what to do and should do that and like that was what you know supposedly he thought worked for him but again he didn't advance in his career so she knew like his right wasn't going to work for her and so she was looking at other avenues to you know make her career go forward yeah mr ellie yeah i am and i love a book with a strong female protagonist like any day i did like that like this girl she's you know very strong smart woman 
Yeah. I found it interesting that the author decided to make the mother character be the person that left them instead of the dad. Mm-hmm. I thought that was especially in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's nearly unheard of anyway, but especially in the 70s to have a, like a mom be like, I'm out. Um, because, I mean, that's like never... That's never the case. It's it's the dad that's always the one that's leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought that was a really interesting choice to make. To be like, nope, I'm going to have the the mom be the one to leave. And it's not because the dad is, like, abusive. No. Or... Maybe verbally abusive, but they kind of both but are they to were, each I other. Mean, they were dickheads to each other. Right. I, they're like, both guilty of that. I, yeah, I didn't get the sense that it was, like, abusive. I just think it was, like they were it was just an unhappy marriage and it's almost like i read this part like a week ago um it's like her mom was passing as in like she was a very light-skinned lady and it was almost like she married her husband because he was darker and it like pissed off her family essentially Mm-hmm. yeah like her, her, her family was like no aunt, you can pass yeah so go it was like this it seemed like like i mean they even talked about it like that was the sole it seemed like the sole reason she picked him and the reason he picked her was because she was light-skinned and i was like that's not how a relationship really works so you kind of saw that you know when they did break up and not work out it made sense why you know no one yeah. cheated no one it just like they weren't yeah. compatible there's no love lost here right um so yeah for like her to leave and it was like it's not because he hit you it's not because he was like cheating on you it's not there was no like he was not a bad person mm-hmm. she was, it not was a almost ba- like it was how she like, rebelled that's how she rebelled was this guy yeah and she just was like i really liked my life back in the tropical island back in there so i'm gonna go back yeah um, and you're, you're almost like well why won't you take your daughters like why would you not take yeah your- like, like, mother a- why do you not take your daughters i don't i don't but- understand but people don't ask that of dads when they leave. No. You know what I mean? So it's like this this double standard of like when a dad bounces, no one's like, well, why wouldn't you take your kids with you? Mm-hmm. So when a mom leaves, I mean. And I will say like dad was, he was an absentee parent just because of his job. But he was also, but he didn't let his kids just get by with shit either. Like he like kept them in line too. Like he yeah. wasn't, he was an absentee parent, but he still parented. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I. Like he was, he was gone a lot because of the job he was doing, but he wasn't an uncaring parent. Like right. the the time that they were together, and then when they were older, like when she was an adult, and the scenes when they're together, like when he comes to the house to even talk about like your grandpa's dead, or when she calls him later when they're in Africa and stuff, mm-hmm. um, or when she writes a scene about when he comes to Martinique when she has the babies and and stuff like that, like. You still can tell, like, there he cares. is. Yeah, but it is, but it is an uncomfortable relationship. And... Like, when he comes to her uh, apartment, I guess, or flat when her grandfather dies, like, you could, like, I think the character even says, like, to herself internally that she's ready for him to leave. Like, she wants yeah. him to get out. Yeah. And he wasn't, like, taking the hint. Um. Oh, I guess it like, just made me think, talking to herself. Uh. So I feel like a lot of stories I've read lately, um, like they're told like the whole story is told by usually at least two if not more 
perspectives. I think I think it's probably a very tough thing to be able to tell a whole story in full from one person's perspective. So I definitely wanted to give credit to like the author for that. I don't think I think that might be a unique strength that not a lot of new writers probably have. Huh. That's interesting. Just to be able to tell a well-rounded story from one perspective, to be able to give the details, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just feel like I think I feel like sometimes it's easier to tell it from both sides, you know. Oh. Okay, I can kind of see what you're saying. When you're yeah. like, no, I don't have to delve into this whole thing from one person. I can kind of like explain it from both sides. Yeah, like look at like the American Royals, like that book we read. Like there were several oh, perspectives yeah. God, to get the full like story. Six people's point of view. Right, and even uh, the, um, like I think all of uh, Casey Lynn's books are told from two perspectives, like the man and the woman. So oh, they yeah, kind of explore the relationship true. that way. And like I, like I said, like it's been a while since I've read a book that's told from one perspective outside of like, Oh, like, um, I think I read like Trevor Noah's book, you know, about his life growing up in Africa, South Africa. Like, of course, that's more of like a autobiography. Right. That's different. It's not a fiction book. I guess it's so I say like a nonfiction book, you know, it's a little, or sorry, a fiction book. I think it's harder to say. Yeah. In my opinion, like I think about writing a book and it's like, that would be kind of difficult to tell the whole story well-rounded from one perspective because you got to give a lot of, I mean, there was a lot of, there was a lot of dialogue in this book. So maybe that helps between characters. Um, Oh, and that reminds me. uh, So like I read some of, I've, for me to read a book sometimes uh, I read it and I also have it uh, on audio and I had to look up the person who, did you read the book or did you listen to it on audio? I read it. Okay. So I did both. Um, I had to look up the narrator uh, who narrated the book, like the person who did the spoken word. It's hard to say because the book is narrated from the first person's perspective. But uh, I looked her up because she did so many voices and even accents. I don't know if the accents are true, like accurate. But I just like this person is really talented. Uh, Her name was Bahini Turpin. I think that's Yeah. It was awesome. Like. I want to listen to more books narrated by her because she really got into like the voices of the characters and like I said, even the accents. So I thought that was really impressive. Oh, cool! I'll yeah, have to, I have to look at that. I love finding a good audiobook voice actor. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't uh, because of like the accents and stuff like that because she's like really uh, getting into it and really like I guess acting out the book. So when you speed her up, it doesn't it doesn't work though. You have <laughs> like, to listen yeah, at at one time. Like speed. sometimes I'll speed up a book to like listen to it at least, like one and a half. I don't do I don't mess with two. Usually I do like one and a quarter. I, but you couldn't because it you it took away from like she was acting this book out. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's um, cool. I'm trying to look at my notes here. Oh, another thing. Okay, maybe I'm skipping around a little bit. I found it interesting because, again, I'm I'm white. The main character is a black woman, so it's I. How do I? I can't relate in that aspect. But I really there was like an identity of her because she's held back not just because of her gender, but also because of her race and her career. So at one point in the story, you know, she's a black woman in America, but when she goes to Africa, she's an American in Africa. Yeah, I loved how they talked about that in the book and how she brought that up of like, yeah, in America, my first identifier is black. And Uh that's always, um, yeah, that's the first thing I do. But when I'm over here in Africa, no, the first thing everyone is, oh, you're American. Right. And and her having to like readjust how she thinks about herself when she's over there. I thought that was really interesting, the way she talked about it. It reminded me of one time, and again, this could be, I won't say this is 
normal or common. It was just one person's perspective. So um, I had a coworker, uh, and he was a black gentleman, and uh, we would have a lot of clients from all over, you know, because it's IT company. So we had, you know, uh, students and clients from many different companies and many different ethnic backgrounds, and some of them being um, from African countries. And he would get frustrated because sometimes students who were from Africa were so rude to him as a black man. And I was, and he was just talking about it one day and me being like the young 20 year old woman is like, why? Like, how does that relate? Like, yeah. I don't get it. How? Uh, and he kind of explained that again, this was his opinion. I'm not saying this is true for all people. I gotta, this is just what one person told me. And he said it was because like, they can tend to be racist towards him as in like he's lesser than them because you know his ancestors were probably caught like his ancestors weren't smart enough to get away from slave traders so he's less than they are huh interesting yeah i was like that's awful and i wouldn't think that like i was just like i feel like yeah, i never would have no that. Huh. Yeah. but it made me think about like when she you know like her, her, her perspective, her identity, not her perspective, her identity kind of switching over. It made me think of that story. And I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. But she didn't really come across racism really in like in Africa. In, that, in no. the same way that, he, that, that that co-worker told me about. Yeah, she just was the, she referred, uh, I, at one point when Thomas shows up, she's like, how did you find me? And it was like, I just asked them where the black American lady was. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, right. Got it. Okay. <laughs> cool. And they were like well over there. Yeah. What did you think of the relationship between Thomas Sakara and and Marie? Hmm. I don't know if I totally believed that or not. I don't think that relationship was completely like fledged out enough. Cause I I don't think like they meet in New York and they spend a little time together and then she, you know, goes over there and they run into each other but not not a ton actually no no yeah i get what you're saying but also i mean uh, again i'm adding i'm adding to like the character's thought you know maybe like that attraction is like amped up a little bit because like they're both uh i mean they only sleep with each other once it's not a and they're both like an interesting oddity to each other you know maybe like so i don't like the word exotic especially considering like yeah but they're they're but just like that you know what i mean they're both there's like an attraction there's a connection and a spark and and like i said they only sleep together once and it just I don't happens. think it's like a big love loss you know what i mean like yeah or, I think it's just but a... i mean for her i mean she's like sacrificing everything to warn him that's but true again, yeah. but also like we're not i'm not sacrificing you know everything to tell someone that oh our boss is getting ready to fire you like this is someone's life and so that's different like I would probably sacrifice my job to tell a stranger I mean, that someone's going to kill them. She could have easily been killed as well. It wasn't right. just like a... Right. It's not like yeah. a small thing. Like, it's not just like, hey, you dropped your wallet. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. a big deal. I think I think most people, most healthy, mentally healthy people are going to warn someone when someone's to ki- you know, out to kill you. Especially if you feel like that person doesn't deserve to be killed. You know, they're not a terrorist. They're not a whatever a child rapist something like that you know what i mean yeah i think what we don't know is like his feelings for her because she writes in the journal you know 
Mm-hmm. But that's um, that's the but that's that's the that's what we give up from telling the story from one yeah. perspective, you know. Because she writes in the journal that you know she she has wonderful things to say about you know your father was an amazing man and I loved your father and da 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 da. But then she also what I do appreciate is like because because he's a real man. I don't like yeah. I saw before a, we started recording. A, I was reading about I was reading about him online, just trying to get like a picture of it. You know. Yeah, like I liked this book too because I always find it interesting when like I made me look up more about the revolution and like what mm-hmm. happened and his exactly. real assassination and things like that. And because I didn't know anything about him when I pulled him up a couple weeks ago and was doing research, I was like, oh, I actually do know I have seen him before mm-hmm. i just didn't know who he was um and like his so, wife was exiled to france and like yeah I was about that. yeah so i appreciate in the book because i was like oh well how is she gonna like when, when i picked this book i knew okay this is based on a real person and real events that happened but marie is fictional um so how is she gonna do this and i do appreciate in the book like she recognizes that too she writes about how like I have no right to be to like grieve in this way because mm-hmm. I'm not the woman who ran in the middle of the night with two children. I'm not the woman who's exiled. I'm not that person. And I have no right to be that way. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'll tell you is that I did love him in a way and cared for him and mourned him. And right. he is a wonderful human. And I hope that you will be the same. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I think she like, I think she did a good job in like bringing this real person in these fictional events and like still respecting the fact of like there were real people. Right. <laughs> like, so I, and like making Marie, even though she's a fake woman, being like this respectful human being mm-hmm. for, for real people. And honestly, I even, I'm reading my note. Like, honestly, like the same book, the same story, not the same book, but the same storyline at a faster pace. I think it would have been a much better book. I really do. Like, I think it's a great book. I think, oh no, sorry. I think it's a great storyline and a great idea. I just think if it was sped up, it would be a really good book. How's that? Sure. Yeah. Um, I like I you know, again. It's because it's of stuff I can't relate to. I found it interesting the like the story from the perspective of a black woman in a male dominated field, and not just that. Like it's in a time when like, uh, in you know in New York City, like there's like the Black Panther movement. And a lot of things are happening. Like it's a very racially, uh, socially racially injustice times that are happening. There's civil unrest in New York City. Like the, her first boyfriend was like, you know, uh really he didn't like that she uh flat ironed her hair because that wasn't you know what uh, his what he wanted his woman to look like he didn't want her to look like someone who was trying too hard he wanted her to look more african yeah i thought that was a really interesting scene about about her hair and she was like that's my hair it's not your hair yeah about, I mean, he wasn't a good boyfriend, so, like, why he would run to her. Calling her as, like, yeah. a sellout because mm-hmm. of that and, like, what that meant at that time. of, And, like, even having that conversation, though, now in 2019 and what does that mean to, like, mm-hmm. you know, 
to have your natural hair compared I to I would say even now 2019 it's 2020 sweetheart oh, but you still but you still read stories you still read stories now of like people being fired for having you know distracting hair or girl little girls being suspended from school for having braids and it's like no yeah. that's this is this is culturally like how their hair is worn you know yeah so it's interesting um what did you think about um so when the character daniel stringer who clearly is unhinged so that's the the cia dude i have a question about him this is, this okay. is me probably maybe reading the book too fast and switching back and forth. Daniel Strager, does she meet him? Is he the guy he meets in the club uh, when her sister joins the military mm-hmm. and she meets her somewhere and she takes her to a club mm-hmm. and he's like talking to her and she gets the creeps from him? Is that Daniel? Mm-hmm. To- okay. That's Daniel. Okay. So, and then it turns out that, oh, okay, Helene was dating him and then it turns out Because she thought he was hitting on her, but really, she was like, oh, that's my boyfriend. Like, oh, that was weird. Yeah, that was Helene's boyfriend and then it turns out that um, uh, their father goes and and goes to like, get her because she hasn't talked to them in a long time because slowly she kind of gets cut off from her family we find mm-hmm. out later and then um they she's living with him helene's mm-hmm. living with daniel and then um her dad goes there and is like hey I, you know i want to like i haven't been able to get a hold of you and we got worried and i you know found out you are living with him and why don't i like let's go get a bite to eat and she's like oh uh, daniel says i can't and they're like that's fucking weird because you are like a bullheaded woman and this is weird um and then uh he hang around for a couple days he calls and calls and daniel's like don't call here i'll call the cops so it's this weird controlling relationship that we find out like later mm-hmm. um this had happened and then when marie is in um over there doing this mission and stuff and she you know is working with daniel and learning more about him and like oh this guy's kind of a little off he drops a bombshell um that the day before the car accident that killed helene they actually eloped in vegas and but her dad and her didn't know because they had kept it quiet and so she's like what so but I don't, she doesn't totally believe it. And we never actually we never know like, if it's really yeah. real or not. I think like in, in that place, I'd be like, where's the certificate? Like, yeah. I don't think she totally believes him. Yeah. But. Like, I guess it also makes you wonder, just a coincidence, like the world is very big. And there's these two sisters. Like, was he, you know, conditioning her older sister for something and then she died and so he kind of moved on to another sister eventually yeah i think yeah work for him like because he was a white man and you know he needed a a black woman to do what to do his work in africa because he wasn't a standout you know what i mean i think uh, the author did a pretty good job of writing a person who's like slightly unhinged but not totally bonkers without being like cartoonish or something yeah without being a stereotype yeah stereotype like, psychopath or oh he's like because at first you're like oh 
okay. And then you're like, oh, no. Yeah, because at first it's just like hinting at he's making her uncomfortable. And it's almost like he was making her uncomfortable because she thought he was hitting on her and she had no interest. So that was like the uncomfort level. Yeah, which you're like, oh, it was a woman. It's, it I've builds. been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when you get over there, you're like, oh, okay. He seems maybe a little scattered, a little, mm-hmm. a little off. He's been here a while. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then as it kept going, you were like, oh, no he's nuts yeah i think she did a good job of like peeling back those layers of his unhingedness just like to where it didn't reveal too soon um Mm -hmm. like it was like oh okay what did you think of her relationship with her sister i thought i mean being an older sister i thought it was a little codependent i'm gonna go there yeah, I mean, I think it was a little bit, but I think it was that way because, like, their mother their left mom. when she yeah. was so young. And, um, like, I could, I don't think it was, like, like wrong. I could definitely see, like, her sister took taking care of her really seriously. I think her sister also was, like, also had her own agendas of stuff. But her sister was very much, like, I think her sister saw that Marie was really smart. Mm-hmm. And was like, no, you need you need to you need to take care of your business because you're yeah. really smart. Um, and but, not to the same degree as Daniel, but her sister also had like a crazy switch that it would get flipped on sometimes. Oh, her, her sister had anger issues for yeah. sure. Like her she, the sister. person that like tried to like the, I forget the, the character's name, but like was picking on her sister at the pool. And then, uh-huh. so her older sister befriends her and then like weeks later beats the shit out of her. Yeah. And then her and her sister are like kickboxing or just maybe just boxing or I'm not sure, but they're just, you know, just sparring. And then her sister like takes it up a notch with like, come on, come on. And then all of a sudden her sister's like, we're done. You know, like she yeah. realizes it. Yeah. Like I think her sister had anger issues, but I think her sister was very protective and also knew like you're smarter than me and like you could be doing really good stuff and I think her sister had a goal and like really just like was that's what I'm gonna do um but yeah I think they were really close because I think they had I think both their parents were absent in in so many ways like literally and emotionally yeah Mm -hmm. so that's all they had yeah yeah so i think i went through all my notes but i guess just reiterating like i liked the idea i liked the storyline i just didn't like how slow it was in the middle it was too slow for me but i really did like uh the storyline and i loved the person who actually like narrated the book (laughs) That was yeah, my that was my favorite that. part, honestly, was her and her accents that. and voices. I don't know if the accents are accurate. How would I know? But I loved it. <laughs> I've never been there, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I always looked at a book of like what I recommend it or what I not, and obviously I would because I recommended it for this. So like, mm-hmm. so I I, and I guess like the book. I guess I also say I was disappointed for such a slow burn. Like I was ready for like this twist of like oh my gosh or like a, like a really climactic climactic ending to just what I, the ending i got for like this such a slow burn i was just like well fuck me yeah you're like does she get him i don't know like i wanted to throw my uh kindle i was, was like fuck this shit fuck it oh that's funny fuck it yeah i want to know if she 
takes care of them or not. Because, like, I always have, like, her being a mom of two five-year-olds, I will love her forever. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, I thought you were going to get the part where you're going to threaten me. Where, like, oh, if a serial killer took your kid and they told you you could only have your kid back, if you killed everybody you know, I'd be dead. No, I mean, we all know I do that. But there's... (laughs) There's a, um, like she, there's a part in the journal where she was writing to the twins about the day they were born. Mm-hmm. And I had written it in here. She has a quote in there about like when your kids are born, there's a different kind of thing that happens. And, and she writes about it. And I was like, this is a good way to describe this. Like I've described it in some ways similar where it's a different kind of love. It's a violent love. It's something you didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. It's like a black hole. You're sucked in and it completely rearranges how you're made and who you are. And I was like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, it's a violent love. And it's a violent love in many ways. It's violent in the fact of, like, it hits you all of a sudden and it hits you hard like a car accident, right? Like, it's just boom. Because you know, like, you can see it coming. You know it's coming, but you don't know what it's going to be like because you've never been in one. And it's so dramatic. And then it is like a black hole because it completely rearranges you in a way that you didn't know would exist. And you don't know what you're capable of and what you'll do after you come out the other end. You're, You're forever changed Mm -hmm. and i like i liked the way she described that and i loved what she wrote to her boys at the very end just about like i you know like i i'm leaving you money not so that you you know can buy things and do things but so that you can have agency and and power over yourself because unfortunately you can't do that in this day and age without it especially being black men in this you know in this time and where you are and I hope that you do good things with it. And I hope that you're, you know, good citizens and that you're agents of change. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, oh. Because in a like- way, like the book or her journal or whatever you want to consider it, it's like a, it, I mean, it's potentially like a goodbye to her sons too. Yeah, ex- well, exactly. I mean, that's what she's doing. She's just writing like a, this is what. I never can imagine leaving you because our, my mother did. And I was so resentful forever. And I never understood why. And I, now I'm doing the same thing, but for you very different to. reasons. Though. Yes, like she's going to try to, to hopefully save her sons from. I'm like, doing being this hunted. because it will never end if I don't. Mm-hmm. But you and you have to understand this is literally the only reason I would do this, and so I need you to understand why I've gone, so that you don't spend your life questioning why I've done this. Like you have to understand, but, and, and she does write in there too. And I love this. Cause like, I did see, I really liked this character because she doesn't shy away from like, I don't know. Her own don't... Faults. Oh, okay. she, yeah. She writes of like, because the choices I made before mm-hmm. I now have to deal with. And like, cause she writes that in there and I'm like, Oh, this is so refreshing. Um, like the choices I made and now have to take care of. And, and I'm sorry. I guess I also, I would like, none of this isn't part of the story at all, but I also like that it's not like some other CIA agent that has always had like a thing for her is who comes and helps her and helps her figure out her problems. Like yeah. she's going to go address her problems on her own. Like she's just going to, yeah. Like, like a man doesn't do it. save the day. 
Yeah, it's just her like, this is what I'm doing. This is how it will be taken care of. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I just like that. I like the way she wrote to her her kids because it it felt true. And the author doesn't have kids. I'm pretty sure. Like, and I was like, oh well, this like this felt true for someone who who doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like you did a, a like she did a good job. It felt it felt true because sometimes yeah. when someone writes. To like to like my children, it can feel real, like sappy or patronizing or whatever. Yeah, but it, it felt real, real like real. just solid and true, and just like what you would want your kids when they're older to know. Like I wasn't perfect, and I made mistakes, and I'm just leaving what I can for you, and it's not a so that you can just go blow it and do whatever. It's uh-huh. so that it's so that you can be a better human than I am. That's all so. any parent wants, though. Well, exactly. Yeah. So, so I liked it. I would encourage. I would I, well, any good parent wants. You know, there's our, there are shitty parents in the world. What? Believe it or not. Okay. Okay. Tiny joys. Tiny joys. What's my tiny joys? Let's I'll go first. Okay. I'm about going first because I'm number one. Sure, why not? Okay. So last weekend, last Saturday and Sunday, my volleyball team played in a really big uh, volleyball tournament. Like there was teams from Canada, teams from all over. And we are, in the world of volleyball, we are a very short team. We're somewhat vertically challenged. No. And so sometimes when we get these big, huge tournaments, like we have to, we really have to play out of that hole. Um, We're very good at other things. So sometimes we hold on by just wearing other team by wearing the big teams out. Like we can't necessarily like over jump them and overpower them, but we can just keep picking up their balls until they make a mistake. But, uh, we, we made it into the, the gold. We played all the way. We got, actually got third in this really big tournament. It was really oh, awesome. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we got into, we got into third missing, uh, on the second half of the second day, missing two of our back row defense people. And I think it, honestly, if we would have had one of them, we definitely would have made it to the finals and definitely would have given, cause I watched the finals and definitely would have given, um, the, the winning team a run for their money. Like I, we were just showing, I mean, we had front row people playing back row half the day who don't never play back row. We had two people playing back row who typically don't Two like tall girls, taller girls playing back row. So we did really well, even with, even with that. So I feel like yeah. if we would have had our defenders there. It would have been even more awesome. That's awesome. So that's my tiny joy. We're playing, a, joy. we're playing in another like no holds we're playing another big tournament different format but another big tournament next weekend too and when i say big tournament i always think i always like to like take a picture to non-volleyball people and like send it to them when i talk about volleyball i feel like people like picture like oh like a high school gym and we just show up and play a match no like we were on court 33 of like 37 last weekend oh nice yeah like sometimes you go to these then there's 40 to 60 courts in some of these places it's insane where do you go that has that many courts uh convention centers uh, and there's okay. their sport courts they bring them in on trucks and put them together and take them down okay yeah and there's like big big there's like obviously volleyball nets up but then there's also like floor to ceiling nets that kind of try to separate some courts like you know, like some courts like balls will still fly but like end to end like sometimes there'll be like big like mesh nets up to kind of keep balls from flying into another court and interrupting other matches somewhere else oh yeah okay yeah that's cool 
Yay. What's your tiny joy? My tiny joy um, is a, pa- a podcast called Fanti. And I love it. What's and it I highly, highly recommend. Oh, I just forgot their names. I always have to look it up because I thought you were going to say I forgot what it was about. I was like, no. Whoa. I forgot. <laughs> I just listen and I, I don't. There's voices that I really like them. Um, they're two guys. I don't remember their names. That's real bad. But they're pop cultural journalists, okay. and every week they have a topic uh, that they talk about, and it's something that you. Uh, you might be a fan of, but also it's like, but I kind of have ick feelings too. Oh. Um, so for instance, the first one was about Kevin Hart. Okay. The second one was they talked, they were like, you guys, why are we hating on Gail King? And for this Kobe Bryant question, right? So they broke <laughs> that down on what that was about. And the third one was about Wendy Williams. So they've only had three episodes out, but it's so good. What They're was wrong really with Wendy Williams. Listen to the episode. That's it's very I, good. She she taught me how to eat a Slim Jim. Well, Wendy, Wendy's had a lot of issues over the years, girl. I don't pay attention. Um, so it's it's hosted by Travel Anderson and Jarrett Hill. They're really they're really funny. They're really interesting to listen to. Um, they've only been on for three weeks. They come out episodes come out Thursday mornings highly recommend really 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 good um so that has been uh my binge listening for this past week when i was like i don't want to do this big project well listen to this and then this week's episode of project runway was really sweet because they had female olympic athletes on both uh for for this upcoming year they'll be in tokyo so they had the uh, para olympics and regular olympics athletes mm-hmm. and so two of the athletes that they had to design for one was a wheelchair user and one had a prosthetic leg mm-hmm. and that was just nice because it was it was just nice to see representation on a mainstream platform how, how did the contestants handle it i've seen like episodes where they have like bring in like plus size people and like they're like freaking out like this is the type of body i designed for and not that athletes are plus size but they're definitely like more athletic oh they're a model yeah um the this season everybody's so wonderful and delightful and sweet and uh, there's no drama there's not actually everyone is really kind and lovely so they handled it they were all really excited the two designers that designed for the the athlete that was in the wheelchair was extremely excited and then the athlete that has the prosthetic leg that designer again was just like okay well like how do you want to what do you want to do you know she's like i want to really showcase my prosthetic because for a long time i didn't he's like okay cool how what do you feel comfortable with and then everybody just for athletic build in general like no one was like oh my god i'm just where's my size double zero like it was really nice but it's just encouraging to see um, disabled people showcased in a mainstream media thing. Because uh-huh. as you know, that's a big, a big thing for me. Um, so that was just a nice little tiny joy for me this week. Yeah. Um, so there is a... a- I guess, I mean, she's on, I, I watch her, I will follow her more on Instagram than YouTube. Like, she does have YouTube video, like, on her husband's YouTube page. But I follow her more 
on um, Instagram. Her, her name's Cambry, or I think her Instagram's like Cambry K, or I, I'm not sure. But she is from a, from an accident. She's in a wheelchair. She's um, uh, she's a a, a woman who is uh, paralyzed. Her both of her legs are paralyzed, and she was recently like talking, like answering questions, and they were like, um, like asking for advice, like as you know, people who are completely able bodied, like how just like what should we be aware of or whatever and one of the things that she said was just um like using like people or person first uh when you're when you're talking to someone and i just i guess i never really thought about it and i I talk about like instead of saying like the paralyzed girl like it's the girl who is paralyzed like you're you're a human first and so you want to make like that was her advice so there's a whole thing about that okay so that can be but there's also a whole thing about there's a whole thing within disability culture where disability is part of your identity so using the disabled language as part of someone's disability is actually very important for them to be in the nomenclature so it's a whole thing so so it's almost uh, like so individual actual yeah so using person first language Mm-hmm. like in her instance she's not born with her disability true and so for her to have her person first thing probably is really important for her is like well i'm a human first and this disability second um if you're in the deaf culture it's gonna be extremely different well this is also general but in the deaf culture like be... hearing the terminal like hearing impaired is not okay because they're they're, like they're not impaired yes you're deaf the deaf yes but for them to be like the first person language generally speaking they don't like that 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 interesting um, population does not like person first so the person first thing can be very true actually um and um so good to know though because it it's it can be yeah it's a whole thing so because yeah when i went to grad school and things we were very much of like yes person first and 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 then in practice you're like it's not always true and and in practice it can be not very true at all it comes from a it comes from very ableist approach and not from the disability culture saying that it comes from people who don't have disability coming up with that so a lot of people with disabilities who have been born with it are like you guys are saying this to us and we haven't said that we don't have a problem being identified with our disability first because it's a huge part of our identity um so there's a lot of nuance in that. Um, so is it fair to ask? Yeah. Especially if it's going to be someone who you're going to be interacting with more regularly. Um, I think, you know, if it's something, if it's somebody that you're never going to see again, if it's, you need to point somebody out to somebody, then like erring on the side of caution of a person first is probably a good choice to not be mm-hmm. like that wheelchair person. That's gonna probably right. come off kind of, uh, um, so be like, oh yes, that young woman using the wheelchair, probably a better choice. But once you get to know somebody, mm-hmm. or if you're gonna be working with them or interacting with them on a more regular basis, 
to just be like, hey, what uh, what do you prefer? Person, you know, person first, or do you prefer, you know, a disability identity? Um, what what language do you prefer? Um, because we're we're asking people what pronouns they prefer, and mm-hmm. things like that, and so to to ask someone what disability nomenclature they prefer is just as appropriate, because it's a very complicated thing. Like I don't give a shit if you pre- refer to my visual impairment or not. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, right. It doesn't matter to me. But I've been born with it, and I don't have an issue with it I also don't have an issue with the word impairment okay I just tell people you're my friend with the red eyes that also works but my colleagues the blood of children children (laughs) but my colleagues who are deaf have a huge problem with impairment with the word impairment I learned that taking classes at the uh like the Columbus hearing and speech like taking ASL classes yeah um this you're this also it, not really related, but it made me it made me think of another story. Uh, so one of uh, two of Michael's really good friends, uh, Mario and Q, they were classmates of him at Wright State. Um, Mario, who is a black guy, was absent from a class, and he was the only black guy in the class. And the instructor of that class was also black, but Mario was missing, and so apparently, like the instructor realized someone's not there, and they're like, "Who? Who's got, who's missing?" And they're like, "Mario." And the instructor's like, "Who?" And they're like, "Yo, like he, yo, he does this. He usually he had a blue shirt on yesterday." And Mario walks in, and the instructor says, "Why do you just tell me it was the black guy?" But all the white people didn't want to say that. <sighs> just like he like had a blue shirt on the other day and da, 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 da. and so the instructor kind of gave him a hard time like why do you just tell me it was the black guy i would have known who you were talking about that's really funny yeah so again it's just like that using yeah, the right uh, terminology like trying to tiptoe like can we just ask yeah just ask like what do we say yeah can we what? that's really funny <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think just when and don't ask. I think most people will be like, oh, thank you for being so aware. Yeah, let me tell you this. But I would say, and this is just my my opinion, I would say if you ask or B, you are corrected, now it is yeah. your job to make sure you get it right. There's, you don't oh, have, yes. like even like, I mean, even so far as like people's pronouns or whatever, like once you know or you've been corrected, it's not a, oh, I always mess. No, like now no. it is your job to get it right exactly yeah in my opinion you yeah you've been told Mm -hmm. and i'm not calling bob a she so Mm -hmm. you need to do the same sorry you have to think about it i had a gentleman at work we have a guy in our office who doesn't work for us but works for a state agency that works with like students who have disabilities and who are looking for like jobs and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. he's got space in our office and i actually know him he was my counselor uh when i was like using services Mm -hmm. years and years ago and he's a very good guy he's weird when i had my first meeting with him i came home and i told joey years ago i was like i think he might be on cocaine like (laughs) nice guy Mm -hmm. possibly have a coke problem but a nice guy not everyone has their faults so i'm you know so i'm not gonna say anything um, but he, I mean, honestly, he doesn't, but he's just like real energetic all over the place. Also says fuck a lot. So, I mean, I do too, but <laughs> I was to say, ind- are you, crit- are you criticizing that? No, I'm not. I just, <laughs> I don't say it 
at in a work. professional instead. Yeah, exactly. Um, but a nice guy. Uh, and he came to my office last week and he was like, hey, and he's not that much older than me, but a little older than me. And he was like, what does cis mean? And I was like, oh. oh. I was like, like well, CIS, right? Yeah. And yeah. I was like, so, so I'm a cis woman. You're like, I was born I was a woman and I identify born, as a woman. Born with those parts. And I use those parts to identify my ladies. <laughs> you were born with male parts, I'm assuming. And you I like identify. How you assuming. Because some people would find that very offensive. Like, I'm assuming. Like, just like I mean, a, little, a little jab in there. Con- yeah, considering he's said fuck in front of me multiple times. I figured I could say that. Uh, and, and he was like, oh, okay. So, like, nice guy. And, like, really proud of him for coming and asking me. Yeah, at least he asked. Uh, and I was just like, oh, this is you being on a college campus is going to be such a learning experience for you. Mm-hmm. Welcome to college. Uh, not, and this isn't from like, like a disabled, like I want you to refer to me this way, but um, so people have always called me for, by my last name. It's just, I have like my, my, I'm sorry, my maiden name, especially since I have another friend named Melissa. A lot of times people would call me Doss yeah. and it was fine. And it, I was fine with it until my husband died. Yeah. And then it was just like, like, it just hit differently. And I was like, that's not my name. I'm Fauché. And some people like Linda, I like, I corrected her once and she's like, okay, no problem. And then other people who were kind of shitty, who I'm no longer friends with for other reasons, um, didn't respect it. And it was just like, well, that's what I like, like, no. And like would even make comments to other friends that like, I'm not calling her that. Um, it's (laughs) my name. It's not your name. So right. I guess when I call you bitch and you don't like it, I don't really care because mm-hmm. I'm not calling you anything And I think I mentioned like a couple weeks ago that there's been, there, I think we were talking about like friendship in our 30s and there was like a, like a uh, probably six months ago or more at this point, there was a big like breakup in some of our core friendships. Four people left our friendship. This was not the reason, but it was just a multitude of reasons. And this was one of the, the disrespect and the narcissism from that side. Yeah. yeah, I can't imagine someone being like, "Oh, I, I don't want to be called that." I, you know, I this and me being like, mm, "I'm not calling you that." I mean, unless someone was like, "I'm sorry, I call me Princess re- Eureka Francesca." Yeah, like I want to be referred to as Poseidon, the ocean god. I'd be like, mm, "I'm not going to do that, probably, because it's a little bit of a mouthful." How about I uh, just call you PG? Posse. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll give you a, a shortened version of that, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to go through the whole rigmarole. Mm-hmm. And I get that it was like, I was like something that was normal that I was kind of like not taking offense to, but I just, it, but it was just, it also, hit differently. Also, it's very understandable. Was, yeah. Like, it's not like it's coming out of nowhere and you're like, all of a sudden you're like, you guys, I've had a change of heart. Like, Oh yeah, but I kind that, of feel even if I did like when people come out, like, you people you respect them, and not saying I was, I'm not comparing that to coming out, but like it's your job now to refer to person how they want to. I yeah. you know my I had a big life change, and like I wanted to make sure that I guess for me it was like I wanted to like make sure I was especially at the time it was very raw like yeah uh, part of my personality was I was Michael's wife, and I didn't want that I did I wanted that to be acknowledged. I guess might be the best way to say it. Put that yeah. 
Why would any ugh, people? I don't people know. Suck. I fucking hate people most of the time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I pretty much stand by that sentiment. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you know what? The, I'll, 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 I won't. Well, I will. Uh, so this person who's no longer friends with was someone who uh, got up and talked about my husband at his memorial. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So what like, you you know you like you get this like the importance of this. You're not like some rando. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I know. People. But we're no longer friends, and it's fine. Okay. Well. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I got you. Michael Cause probably would have punched him in the gun. face, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> he was very passive, so. Okay. All right. Off topic, as always, but that's why people love us. Yeah. I was reading yeah. our reviews earlier, and it's like it's like you never know what these ladies are going to talk about. Oh, it's like having a conversation with your best friends that goes in different directions. You're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there is an outline, believe it or not. Yeah, it stopped at finish at President's Cup. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, I don't know what that means. Is that a new? Is that a new period cup? What is that? Ooh. <laughs> Minstrel cup. It's called the president's cup. It's shaped like Donald Trump's face. You know what? As soon as we got a female president, I'm going to put out a minstrel cup called the president's cup, and it'll have on the box whatever the female president is. There you go. Okay. Like a, like a chia pet, except it's a menstrual cup. It's just like the shape of their I head. I mean, I'm not going to grow seeds on it because that's unsanitary. But sure. Hey, it's always good to have good flora. Ooh. Okay. If you can't put whipped cream up there, I'm not putting a chia pet type thing up there i'm just saying no you can just grow your own garlic nope 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 ginger nope i'm calling it i'm calling this episode we're done (laughs) growing things in the vagina is the limit all right take us out whitney all right you can find us on instagram if you want to tell us more things you can't put up your vagina it's pretty much everything but penises tampons menstrual cups don't put other shit up there but that you put some fingers um, up there put some what fingers i thought you said hangers and i was Hi. like what don't okay. judge you know don't what? kink shame whitney don't kink shame i just that seems like that's a bad idea um okay <laughs> instagram at platoniclifemates.com you can Send us an email and tell us how weird this got at Platonic Life Mate. Or if you have a topic suggestion or some weird rabbit hole you think we should go down, let us know. Or if you just want to tell us how pretty and smart we are, uh, you can find Aww. us at our Facebook page, Platonic Life Mates, our Facebook group, the Platonic Life Mates, Adult Lady Friends Coven, or Friendships Coven. I think I fucked that up. <gasps> Friends Coven. Okay, good. I got it right. My one uh, job. It is. Good job. You monitored me well. Yay. And don't forget to share, rate, review, take screenshots, put it on the Instagram. I already said this earlier, so I'm not going to repeat it. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. That was harmonized. Oh, that was so nice. We should be singers. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs>